Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max and Nikki. On this week's edition of Splitting Hairs, we'll be discussing YouTube. What does it mean in our society society today? YouTube. It's a it's an addiction. It's entertainment. It's life. I mean, for some people, at least. I don't like what you just said there. It's just, uh, I don't like it. Well, you better get used to it, Max, because YouTube is taking over. No, no, no. I'm not. I just don't like the way you said that. Well, you better get used to it because that's the way I express my feelings when talking about YouTube. Oh, you should have said, well, you better get used to it because I'm taking over. (sighs) Anyway, Uh, before we get to our main topic of YouTube, we have some station business to take care of. Uh, the next edition Did of Did that Vintage... sound like a horn to you? Is that Why did you good? interrupt? Was that pretty good? Yeah. <sighs> That's pretty good. I've been listening to... In, in the prior weeks to this week, uh, we were listening to some Mills Brothers. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, they were one of the most popular groups of the 19, from the 1920s to the 1950s, I would say, actually. Um, before the advent of rock and roll, they one were really One of the really biggest big. uh, vocal, I, I would say traditional pop vocal groups. One of the biggest groups in, in, in I guess, that those decades pop music, I guess, of that time. I but, guess. Uh, and as far as uh, sales are concerned for singles, they're one of the most popular groups of all time, actually. That's right, Nikki. Um, in any event, they were known for actually creating... Uh, a full-on band sound without the use of any instruments except for guitar. That was one of their... Or ukulele. Or, or ukulele. That was one of their, like, uh, slogans was, uh, anything you hear on this recording there is all made with the human voice except for um, the addition of a, a guitar or a ukulele or something like that. So they, they uh, emulated sounds of... Trumpet, trombone, um, saxophone, I believe, uh, drums. Each of the Mills brothers had their own instrument that they would emulate. Right. Um, And that was pretty cool. So I was just trying to emulate them by doing a trumpet sound. And I guess I did it pretty successfully, according to Nikki. Anyway, uh, the next edition of Vintage Basement with Max and Nikki is coming up uh, next month. Uh, Monday, June 18th, 2018. We had a very, very great sold-out, packed-to-the-gills show this past Monday. It was a lot of fun. And so I recommend getting your tickets as soon as possible for the next one because it will sell out. People are already buying tickets. People are already buying tickets. And we tickets. haven't even announced it we yet. We haven't even announced it yet, and people are already buying tickets. Um, so, but, so this will be our will, first official announcement of the show. Um, and so on Monday, June 18th, we have a great lineup, including... Yamanika Ron, Saunders. From The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. We've got Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. We've got... Uh, uh, we've got... Um, Josh Gondelman Josh from, from Last, Last Week, Week Tonight. Tonight. And finally, we have Sean Donnelly from uh, com- in- Inside Amy Schumer and Broad City, among other things, Comedy Central. Um, and these and, things of this nature. And so it's going to be a very good show. Better get your tickets now. Where can you get your tickets? Maxandnicky.com slash vintage-basement. Or you can simply just go to maxandnicky.com and you can find the appropriate links there. Or horsetrade.info. Quite clearly spelled But let's not confuse them. Maxandnicky.com. That should be just fine. And you'll be able to navigate your way to buying the tickets. Um, that's M-A-X. A-N-D-N-I-C-K-Y dot com. Right, but if they're listening to this, then I'm sure they can figure out how to spell it, considering this is called Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Max and or Nikki. (laughs) You know, once uh, we had this world history teacher in ninth grade, and he saw me before in the hallway, and he's like, hello, Max and or Nikki. And I thought to myself... In retrospect, it can't no, be it's Ma- not Max, Max and, and Nikki. It can only be and Max. Or. It should just be Max or Nikki because only I'm just one person. Well, maybe he thought we were fused, like a fusion thing going on. Maybe. 
Um, anyway, uh, so it's just going to be a great show. Get your tickets ahead of time. Uh, any other things? Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast, well, well, but we've been very busy. Uh, we were hosting a very good friend of ours um, for the past couple of weeks, and um, it's kind of prevented us from recording a podcast oh. because we've been so occupied with doing a lot of different shows and going to see shows. And I will say this is something I worth mentioning because it was probably one of the best things I've ever done. No, not probably. It was one of the best things, maybe top five material of the best things I've done in New York was go see Hello, Dolly, the revival, this new revival of Hello, Dolly. Starring Bernadette, starring Bernadette Peters, Peters. And, and, uh, um, and uh, was, uh, uh, Victor, Victor Garber, Garber. Uh, and a few others. Uh, and I will say it really, I had goosebumps the whole way through. Might have been my favorite uh, experience watching a musical. Not, Not to be confused with my favorite musical, uh, I'm not quite sure if it's Max's favorite experience watching a musical. I mean, Les Miserables, when I saw that in London, that really was a great experience. Well, when I saw it. Phantom of the Opera in London, that was really a great experience, too. And when I saw The Fantastics for the first time, that was a great experience. But Yeah, that was a great experience, too. I say, too. Hello, Dolly, definitely the best experience I've had watching a Broadway show. That's for sure. A Broadway show. Definitely. Most definitely the best experience watching uh, a Broadway show. Um, it really was... Part of it was the... Uh, the reputation that you know Bernadette, Bernadette Carriers, P- Peters Carriers. has, you know, seeing her appear on stage for the Everybody first time, just went, everyone just just roared with applause. Roared with applause because it was like was high. this Broadway icon is on Broadway, and it's just really it was a great experience. But it also, it was, and she, she, I would say she upheld her reputation. You know, she was she was quite entertaining. Well, not you know? just that though. Um, not only was the audience. Uh, at high energy, the the production was paced very well, so it was never boring. Um, it's never it was boring. always at a maximum energy, and no, no, the other it, not not at a maximum energy it was always at a maximum uh, entertainment sure. uh, or, uh, value value um, or something. But or all it's not just that Bernadette Peters was great; everybody in the cast was great. That's right. Um, there was good dancing. There was good. Uh, especially the two, the two rom, uh, the two romantic feature, leads, I guess. Right, um, the fe- the, I would say they're the romantic leads. The two leads. romantic leads. Um, well, it's kind of weird to yeah, say no, that. No, I would say that. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Gavin... Uh, ooh, Kate ba- well, no, played by uh, Kate Baldwin, and uh, I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. now. Yeah, Gavin... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, he was so good, too, as Corn- Cornelius... Um, Oh, what's his name? Gavin uh, Creel, I believe, right? Gavin Creel, I believe. It's it's Gavin. Yeah, Gavin it is Creel. Gavin Creel, yeah. Um, uh, he was really he was very what a wonderful singer. A wonderful singer. He played the part with uh, 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 like gusto, a, gusto, and energy of, of a true Broadway a star. True Broadway star, and. You know, um, and Kate just what, golden boy insouciance. I think is what insouciance. Yeah, maybe I'm using that incorrectly, but insouciance. That's that uh, right how somebody once described a performance of mine when I was in Into the Woods. God, yeah. what a braggart you are! She's no. Louise. Well, I'm just saying it because I I think I'm using that correctly to to. Describe but what does insouciance mean? I don't know what that um, means. It's just uh, you know, it's. Uh, well, uh, well, in any event, it let's means, not dwell uh, on this. Um, well, Kate oh, Bald- I, I'm sorry. I'm using that totally incorrectly. Insouciance uh, <laughs> is casual lack of concern, <laughs> indifference. Well, so that's how they describe your no, performance? No, no, it, it's because we... No, no, that's how I describe my performance. Nikki was trying to be a bragger, but no, in no, this Max, case, you're an idiot. turned it around Actually, on you should edit yourself. You should edit yourself right now because you don't know what you're talking about. Nikki. Like, you actually don't know what you're saying. In I, Into I, the I, Woods... Uh, as the princes, we played the the characters are, do have a, a lack of of caring and concern. That's the whole point of the princes is that they're kind of jerks actually, and that they 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 are indifferent to the problems of the actual lead characters. Nikki, so I clearly I knew you were gonna say something like that. I was just kidding. Well, people don't know that though. Yeah, but. I, I wasn't insulting myself. That actually, the reviewer complimented me, and he said Weinbach had a uh, uh, 
what, what was it called? Uh, oh, uh, rap God. itself around you baritone that carried the two princes and their duets. Well, I will say because the other per- well, anyway, never mind, nothing. Um, so, but in any event, I don't know why Creel, you're referring to this. Ga- performance Gavin Creel, uh, very good, just um, a lot of energy. He was a great dancer too. Um, he he was very uh, he moved with uh, he was very light on his toes. I would say. He, well, I will say what was also entertaining. What was also very good about this production was any side characters too. Uh, so the, Kate Baldwin and him were considered featured actors, and there were another couple of featured actors. Well, uh, that, just real quick, before, I, you go, before you move on to those characters, I just wanted to say a couple. Kate Baldwin was also very, very nice voice. I mean, when she sings Ribbons Down oh, My Ribbons Back. Ribbons Down My Back, maybe my favorite song of the whole show. Well, my favorite might be uh, It Only Takes a Moment, and when they sing that together, I really felt the chemistry between Kevin Creel and Kate Baldwin. Sure, but, they came but out- I just think, let's get real, though. I mean, Ribbons Down My Back has a certain... Uh, harmonic quality to it that sounds very sophisticated. Well, but I even like when Gavin Creel came out uh, for and the autograph are really good on this, to autograph our playbills afterwards, and Kate Baldwin came out, Gavin Creel said, "Oh, I mean, I hope I have chemistry with her. I mean, I've known her for twenty over twenty years, um, so he's 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 worked with her for over twenty years. Well, so they the, uh, they they they're good friends, it seems. Well, know? and they're they're clearly uh, seasoned Broadway performers. Sure, but here's the thing about it is. What was great about side characters? The, the what was great about this performance was, I mean, it's a revival, so uh, it's not a play that's been running for a very long time. Although the original production ran for a very long time, but the thing about it is, you're not going to get these kind of B roll or or second tier type of or third tier type of actors that. Um, you know, it might be good for Broadway, but maybe not necessarily the original production of things. Um, uh, you had really just the top-notch performers performing in this production, and it really showed across the board with every character, not only the lead actors, Bernadette Peters and uh, and um, uh, uh, Victor, Victor Garber, but you also had it with, and not just with Kate Baldwin and Gavin Creel, but even some a little bit more uh, smaller characters that had uh, um, vitality too um, were the other love interests in that in this show. Uh, Gavin's uh, cohort and his partner in this, I guess, his partner in crime, I guess, um, and also uh, Kate Baldwin's uh, assistant, basically. By his the name way, is Barnaby. Cornelius's partner Cor- is partner's Barnaby. Barnaby, and then. Kate Baldwin's assistant? I forgot, I forgot her name in the play, but... She was very charming. She actually, I think, was my favorite actress in the whole musical. She, had, she was very charming and engaging, especially for a small part. And in addition, she had a sense of nuance that I think a lot of Broadway actors don't have uh, because... A lot of Broadway actors tend to think that you have to be big all the way through well, and, because and it's Broadway. Very, and, 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 and to some and, degree... And, and I think... She really carried herself with a real sense of uh, charm and nuance. The nuance is important to have as an actor. Well, I mean, I will say... Because it, we're, it, you do it, have we, to be... We, as people have Oh, my nuance, God, can I say? You, know? you do have to be big. There's a way to be big and nuanced. No, that's because what I'm you saying. Have, you have to be big because really, you know, depending on where you're sitting, you can't see their faces, really. You can't see the expressions on their faces. I know. I'm just saying, though, that's what I'm saying, why she's a real great actress um in any event uh yeah so wait what i i I feel like we we're doing a disservice by not mentioning her name you know okay we'll mention their name i'm trying to find it right now um what is her name she was very charming she's going places that 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 woman i will tell you that uh ingenue as it were um oh gosh what is her name Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out later. But in the meantime, um, you know, but a moment I really got some really strong chills was when, Bernard, uh, when Bernadette Peters comes in out in her, you know, iconic, or, or as Dolly comes out in her iconic red dress with the big hat when they're in the restaurant and she comes down the stairs and sings and... So with the ensemble of men they, who play waiters, they sing the title song, Hello, Dolly. Um, 
it's a great song. It's a great ensemble piece. And, you know, there's something about ensemble pieces in general that um, they're just, they really get to you, you know? They, they're they very chill worthy, you know? I, I love a nice ensemble piece or when there's multiple voices going on. But, like, it, you know, that song Hello, Dolly reminds me of, like, Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. It's that kind of thrill that you, you feel uh, when listening to an ensemble sing and and dance. It's just... Uh, it's it's really quite uh, it's nice it's it's fun it's 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 great I like it a lot. Um, but Max, do you have any last words to say about Hello Dolly right now? So the guy playing Barnaby, who was clearly uh, a, a trained dancer, they tried to highlight that I think a little bit. His name is Charlie Stemp, and the girl who played Minnie, who was the assistant to I- Irene uh, Molloy, by the way, or Molloy, was who's Kate played by character. Kate Baldwin. Is uh, named is Molly Griggs. That she Molly Griggs, is she's going be, places. She's going places, I tell you. Uh, by the way, it was both her, Molly Griggs, and Charlie Stemp's Broadway debuts. Um, and wow, what a what debuts for them! I mean, well, that's great. Um, uh, yeah, that Molly Griggs, she's going places, I tell you. She was really great, and and they were all great singers too. And another thing about it was that. The, I mean, just, also, yeah, it was, watching, it was watching the, the title song, by the way, Hello, Dolly, was really chill-worthy factor because uh, it was such a classic scene. I just said all of this. Oh, you did? Yeah. No, but did you mention her costume, too? I did. I mentioned all oh, of it. okay. If you were paying attention. But it's so classic watching her come down the stairs. I mean, it's classic. It's classic Broadway at its best. Classic and Broadway at its best. And being played by an iconic uh, Broadway star. And having watched that... Uh, kind of reinvigorated my interest in musical theater. And in addition to that, it also made me just think about its relationship to modern musical theater, and I, or contemporary music theater, I should say. And maybe just think, see, when people watch this show, did they not think about... I mean, look, I, I, with all due respect to Broadway currently, there are a lot of shows out there that just have these generic versions of what songs are supposed to be of what pop songs are uh, and what to be. pop songs are to be. and it ends up sounding like christian is, rock is christian christian pop like a mediocre christian or christian pop. rock and, and i just think to myself and that's not don't a compliment. they don't they see like how broadway can be actually you know or, or seeing a stephen sondheim musical can't they see like oh i mean surely all these people have studied these composers and i just think Wow, and this is what I'm doing. I just don't think. I just don't understand. I, actually, I will say know? though, uh, even though I will say, uh, of course, oh you need God. to, you need to, you know, uh, keep keep some vitality in musical theater by uh, updating maybe somehow how the music's going to be. But I think generally, uh, I don't know. You you should I've, at, I, at I, the I very feel least like composers have, a, have lost touch with what it means to write a, a distinct um, melody, musical music. Well, I think that's another thing is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, why can't I put this kind of music in musicals, theater? And I guess you can. It's just there's something that rings um, not genuine, there's, I guess. And also Sometimes when you, when you start to... Uh, there's no timelessness in the music that is being put out in, musical, in Broadway musicals that are coming out today. Well, it's just you have to have a... There's a For the most There's part. a fine line, I will say, you know. You can add certain new new qualities to it but it's like you know when you at, at a certain point you start to lose touch of what is a musical theater song you know i mean is this really music that belongs in musical theater or the fact that it is in the musical theater are you it makes not it only cheesy, not only watering down that genre that you brought to musical theater but you're also watering down musical the, the musical theater genre itself too and so, so it, it's it, a lose lose it becomes cheesy in that sense you know um but you know, I did, I want to say, though, uh, uh, my friend Steve and I, we did go see the musical that is likely to win the uh, Tony Award for Best Musical uh, this year, which was The Band's Visit. And um, I will say, it wasn't bad. Um, there was nothing really wrong with it. It was a little boring, I must say. Um, there were a couple good songs, but I just, overall, I didn't understand why anybody would make a musical out of this story. It, it didn't. It didn't make sense to me why this was made. You know, it, I, it was. It, it's based on a movie. It was made as a movie at first, and 
uh, which is a non-musical movie. And uh, But for some reason, they decided to adapt this into a musical, and I cannot understand why. You know, it's it doesn't seem like a story that needs to be told through this uh, this uh, genre, or, or uh, not genre, but this... Uh, sure, genre. Why, uh, why, why not? Medium, I guess you could sure. say. But I wanted to say one thing about it, though. Um, it was done in a smaller stage, and it may, it re, watching the band's visit did reinvigorate my um, passion for wanting to put my own musical on Broadway because my musical uh, I think would be best staged in a smaller theater. Okay. And watching this musical, I thought to myself, uh, without you know, I thought to myself, oh wow, it is possible, and and that my musical, which should be in a smaller theater. I think it could still um, ring true and oh, um, have uh, have a, yes. a sort of power to it being in a, a theater size comparable to the one that the band's visit was staged in. Sure. And I so mean, I th- but there's the Helen Hayes Theater, which is, I think, maybe a little over 500 seats, actually, which is, uh, it's on Broadway, and that that's not a huge theater either, actually. Um, I think that... Um, Okay, yes, Nikki, enough about yourself. I mean, she's a Louise. All right, um, but finally... Well, we, I wrote a musical, too. <laughs> but finally, um, one thing, one uh, we last also production saw, we, saw, we was saw was Phantom of the Opera. Had on, never seen it on Broadway, saw we, it on the West End. We both saw it on, on the West End in, in London. Where it um, originated. And um, I had a great experience when I saw it in London. Max didn't have as good of an experience watching it in London because of people interrupting. And I, I will say... It seems to me with larger productions of shows... Or more popular productions. Or more popular productions, it seems like it's harder to have a reign on the uh, on the, the proper etiquette that people should carry uh, right. when, when going to Right, when I saw the band's musical. visit, not many people have heard of it yet except for true theatergoers. And so they, the theatergoers know and understand the etiquette that is to be... Uh, displayed and had in in a theater you know when watching a, a musical or a play and so when i saw the band's visit there were no interruptions at all so but when we saw phantom of the well Opera let me Broadway, just say when i saw it on in the west end there were people talking to me during like course numbers be- next to you t- t- talking behind me right behind me and i just was like this is just ruining my 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 experience i need to have oh okay utter silence max Except, but, obviously, when you are supposed to feel... I also didn't have my glasses with me. I actually, I forgot to bring my glasses with me when I watched that musical, so I couldn't see the stage as well, okay. unfortunately. But here's the thing. This, when we saw it on Broadway, um, Phantom of the Opera, it was probably the worst um, experience I've had as far as... People not respecting the protocol and the etiquette that is supposed to be had no, but not in only, the theater. Like not only the people, but also the staff of the theater. So it, there was there were so many interruptions when we saw Fans of the Opera. Um, not not and, not stopping the play is um, what Nikki's but yeah, people people talking is what Nikki talking, means. but it wasn't that they were talking. Experience. There was one point, it was right before the final uh, climactic song of of the first act, which is all I ask of you. One of the ushers, for some reason, I cannot understand why, decided to seat 10 people late that in, into the production. At that point, they, they decided to seat 10 people, and they made a lot of commotion, not with just noise, but with their flashlights, which their was really bothersome. Their lights on their phones. Their, their, their lights phones. are on their, on their smartphones. There was so much noise, and, you know... This climactic moment of all I ask you, all I ask you is my favorite song in that musical, and to be kind of ruined by that was a true shame, you know. And um, and and most Broadway theaters, they especially Hello Dolly, they do not allow late seating, no matter what. Um, and a lot of them, I guess, you can won't get allow in late intermission. Uh, a lot of them won't allow late seating, but in the first act, but they'll allow you to come in during the second act if you were late. Now I couldn't. I think maybe it's because Phantom of the Opera has become like somewhat of a Disney attraction kind of thing where um, you have so many tourists and people and who love the music to the musical. And I love the music to the musical too. It's my favorite music to a musical. Um, but you just have so many people coming in 
that don't really go out to the theater and they don't they they treat it as if it's some kind of baseball game you know that's that's the way uh, one lady who also complained to the ushers felt and um, but it's ridiculous it's like why would you even want to see this musical anymore after after almost missing the entire first act and you want to interrupt the that the climactic song of the first act it's so right before the I don't understand it just doesn't make sense to me why you would even let somebody in at that moment you know it's, it's very, let them in why don't you have them wait 10 minutes for the first act to be done and then then let them in you know so uh and also it made was, me even more mad at smartphones than I'm already uh, just about people with their phones on during the musical with their lights flashing their lights and stuff and it just was like man it, it really just breeds uh, just a bad culture, and I just I so I, I have or this a lack of culture. And it's making me have this strong negative negative now, association. That made with it. me mad, but I will. And so I didn't really get those true shiver moments that I had when I first saw Phantom of the Opera. Not until uh, later in the second act. Even well, in the no, first not song, later in the second act. So, the first, the second act actually. No, all the. Can seems, I just say? Hold on, Max. You're getting ahead of yourself here because the first song during the second act, which is Masquerade. There were so many people still walking into the theater during that, and they were blocking our views of 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 what was going on, on stage. It's a very, it's probably the uh, best production design of any show on Broadway, and any musical, probably in history. I would say actually, it's very beautiful set, um, and it's a very beautiful set. This is how you said it. It's a very beautiful set. That's um, how you said and. It. You know, and the costumes are really cool too, especially the Phantom's costume in that scene. And what happened was, I don't know why they did this, but they the intermission wasn't very long, and they started the second. Right, act it wasn't people's fault. I would say it was actually the 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 venue's fault. Yeah, it's only ten minutes for like this huge product, like a huge theater. It's one of the biggest theaters on Broadway. I feel like with that many people having to go to the bathroom you should wait, extend it by like five minutes, the intermission, you know, because there were people coming in actually well in, you know, maybe well into the 10 minute, 10th minute of, of that, of the second act, which was very, very annoying. If there are people that after a 15 minute intermission that are, are late or still in the bathroom, wait until the first song is finished. Wait until between songs to, to seat them because that's the only way to truly do it. Now, I will say... I really started getting shiver moments when Christine starts singing Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again, which I didn't feel the first time I saw really? the musical. And But this time, I really appreciated the song a lot more, and I actually really liked the song. The performance by Christine, who, who of the woman who played Christine Daae, was was very good. I think she's an, I think that's her first Broadway. And she's going places, or maybe, I don't know. She's going places. Also, also very beautiful. Um, and you know what? I was uh, I definitely had shivers on that moment, but I will say, what was a very chilling, chill, chill, chill factor in- inducing um, factor. part of the whole musical was just the whole last fifteen minutes. No, no, or hold so. on, Etio, you're forgetting past the uh, point of no return. That oh, that, was that actually good. is really good. The Phantom also played a very, very played it very well. I thought he was acting was really good. I I will say. His singing is really good, aside for a there couple were two of notes. two faulty notes that were kind of important notes. I feel, but they're hard notes. They're hard notes to to sustain. He was a little his intonation he was, a was a little, little flat. off, um, but but he played the character very well, especially in that scene of of past the, of, of the point of no return. He he had this sort of uh, this gait about him that he was. Uh, it, it seemed very um, oh uh, sort of. Uh, uh, Nefarious in a way, or sort of uh, ominous, or or, well, not ominous. That's not the right word, but sort of some somehow uh, specter-like in a way. Yes, it it sound it seemed very. uh, I want to say macabre in a way, but uh, sort of a. uh, He had a certain movement about him that was very um, eerie and 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 portended a certain. well, well, and anyway, I'm it, not. It, <laughs> oh yeah, he had a movement about him that seemed very. It's uh, uh, in a okay. Uh, 
sort of uh, eerie and, and and. But anyway, we're spending way too much time describing his gait. I mean, it's like and 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 uh, what's the Max, word I'm looking for though? Let's let's get get through it because I I I really want to get to and, the... and had a certain insanity. Behind okay, it, but actually. why spend so much time on just talking about his gait? That's okay. like a very. But I will say though, the last fifteen minutes, the whole sequence where they go down uh, and into his lair, uh, the Phantom's lair, and. Um, Rao comes to rescue Christine, and just the whole interplay with all their voices singing together, it's just, it's the best part of the whole musical, I think. And that whole time, I got chills, and I, I, actually, I started, I almost started have, to tear up. I, I may have even teared up. I may have I teared mean, up. I mean, that might have been combined with the fact that it was, unfortunately, very tired watching it. But I, but I was like, it, it was truly, and everybody was quiet in the theater at that moment. Oh, it seemed as if the, the interruptions... Power- had real and here's the thing about it. The, so yes, it was very very chill worthy, um, very good. Especially the last song. Actually, oh boy, it's very good. I mean, it, it's also, a comedy. He, the way he weaves together uh, the point of no return, all I ask of you, music of the night, and uh, angel of music. They they are all at play in this last sequence, no, and it's really cool. What's also cool about it is he meaning Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? But not only that, but in the way the the music is produced the way they 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 stage the music. So, in other words, uh, Raúl and Christine have this. They're kind of they're moving away from his lair, you know, uh, the Phantom's lair, and they have this sense of there's a sense of depth going on. So you kind of hear them in the background singing. Well, this is after uh, the Phantom has uh, let them go, um, and he's realized he has to lose the girl he loves. Or thinks he loves because he's just doing the right thing. You know, it's a right. very okay. Whatever. I, 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 don't, it's a very. I don't want to uh, ruin it for tragic. people. That's if they okay. I Nikki, mean, trust me. I would hate somebody to ruin it for me. Okay, Nikki. Okay, what do you mean? Whatever. Okay, okay. Like, that's true. I would not like that if somebody did that to me. I know, but it's just, such an I, old I, story. Nikki, actually. just say, hey, spoiler alert. You got to edit okay, that. That in was before. a spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert. Say that before. No, no, Nikki. Yes, yes. Anyway, well, but in any event, the, it's truly uh, a magical uh, but moment. They, at the I, end. I think that's a really cool thing that they do in that musical is play with the the sense of depth. Uh, you know, you hear the music, you hear people singing from afar. You know, I think that's cool. Anyway, it was, the, it was a it's it's a great experience. I highly recommend. Uh, I mean. I highly recommend going to see Phantom the Opera, probably in London, actually. I, well, I think I overall w- you might have a better experience going to see it in London. And you on might Broadway, want- it's, I think there's just too many tourists or non-theater goers going to see that show, well, and there's going to be too many. You might also want to, I think maybe theater goers might buy a better ticket, so save up and buy a, a good seat, maybe. Yeah, and I, I think the best seat is probably lower mezzanine. I, I think the orchestra, pit, pit orchestra seats are probably not as good of seats because... Well, I don't want to tell you why, but there's some things going on um, above you that you want to see, and the the lower mezzanine is probably the best spot. Sure. To see now, I will say though, judging it, I know maybe the experience of the first act might not maybe may be making my judgment of this first act not as uh, me not louding it as critically. Um, okay, okay, I got you. It may not be making might not make me. Um, appreciated as much but i felt the pacing was a little too it was a little off to me things kind of went too quickly there were some technical aspects too that i didn't i I didn't like uh i feel like the miking you know in this particular theater didn't seem to be at a very high level and was hard to hear certain things going on especially there's a one part where a lot of people are singing at the same time and it's but different parts at the same time i can't really hear them especially because their singing is not like long tones. It was kind of fast movements. And uh, generally when that happens, you can't hear his person as loud enough and as loud as loudly. And it was a little hard to hear things going on. I kind of, I kind of didn't understand what was going on in the story at certain moments because of that. Uh, and I just feel that just, it wasn't as much of, uh, yeah. So maybe because of these technical aspects that were going on, uh, the problems, I just think maybe that ruined my appreciation of the first act. But I also kind of felt maybe I just it wasn't as it wasn't as strong as the second act. That's for sure. I think I think as that's for sure it wasn't as strong as the second act. Um, anyway, we 
over talked about these musicals at this point. Let us get on to the real subject at hand: YouTube. Um, I guess there's which a is lot a good transition from musical theater because I will say one good thing about YouTube is it allows you. I'm not sure in the most legal way, but you can hear. You listen. You can li- well, yeah, sure, whatever. You can listen to the soundtrack to a lot of your favorite Broadway musicals. Or you can listen you to the can, soundtrack to just about anything, actually. But, or you can listen to the soundtrack to a musical that you plan on going to see to see if you actually want to see it. Maybe you're not interested, or maybe to see if you might be interested in that musical. Um, or perhaps to prove to yourself and prove to others that you really don't like the musical that everybody else likes. <laughs> right. If you know what I mean. Um, but... Yeah, no, you can listen to the soundtrack to just about anything. You can listen to almost any album that you want to hear. I mean, not... I say almost because there's certain things that that are pretty obscure or rare that are not going to be on YouTube. But, I mean... And a good cool thing about YouTube is they'll create playlists for you sometimes based on your interests uh, in in listening to certain songs. And they'll recommend... uh, other songs in that genre. And so I have discovered a lot of music that way, um, especially f- uh, 50s and 60s music that I'll listen to tracks that I know and then it'll they'll play the next video that shows up is a related um, uh, kind of a, a song that's in the same genre. And it's a song I've never heard before, but I also really like. Uh, that's how I learned about the song um, by the Capris called um, There's a Moon Out Tonight. Okay. Or the Skyliners. Uh, uh, since I don't have you, or even the song that we've been really obsessed with lately is called "Till Then," which was a that's popular why we song, were listening. Popular song back in the day. Um, that's why we started. Get, uh, we're, that's why we're listening to the Mills Brothers originally, is because of this one song called "Till Then," which I think was a very popular song during World War II. Um, it was. It was written. It, it's one of those wartime songs, actually, right? Right. You know? um, and it's a good song, and we plan on covering it. Um, now, so YouTube, what else does it have? Well, here's the thing about YouTube, and this could be a good thing or a bad thing. If you're bored, it, it gives you something to do. To talk about. Um, you can just look and scroll through any kind of video. You might not even know what you want, but you'll scroll and you'll find something that you like or that interests you. It but is the new channel surfing, I will say. It's the new channels. For me, it is, it's like channel surfing. Um, I can watch, and I'll, this is how I get my late night TV, uh, late night talk show um, viewing in, is by watching clips from on YouTube. I don't actually own a TV. I don't watch my, uh, you know, like, the Tonight Show or The Late Show or Conan on an actual TV anymore, which is a shame. But uh, nor, but I don't have time to do that all the time. But I do watch clips pretty much on, on a nightly basis. And you might on ask the, on YouTube. Why, you might might ask, well, why don't you go to the website for that particular show? Uh, for instance, you know, Team Coco for Conan or. You know, CBS All Access has like or know, just the web, the NBC website or the NBC website. The reason is, I mean, YouTube, YouTube has everything on, under one roof, you know, so you can kind of quickly view something from, you know, Conan to something from John Oliver to something from Stephen Colbert. Okay, but that's not. But not that. only that, there, the interface is much better. It's, you know? it's a lot more user friendly. It user doesn't friendly. bog down your uh, the, the the hardware of your computer. Well, the, yeah. um, it it like if you use. And the NBC site or the CBS site or something like that, it's gonna it's gonna drain a lot of energy uh, and and it doesn't take use up a lot, lot of bandwidth to use YouTube. You know, it, yeah, YouTube is. I, I don't know, like I don't know how they crack that code, but it's and I don't know enough about it's better and just computers. The, it's just it doesn't the, take, it's, it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't work your computer so well, much. It's not actually, only that it's just, it has to do with design too. Just something that is more user friendly. I'm sure they'd put a lot of research into figuring out what what makes it easier, what makes it more uh, an intuitive process and a, a, an easier uh, easier and and more uh, entertaining process for them. You know, uh, it's there's a lot that goes into it. I'm sure, 
Um, and, and so that's why YouTube is better than them, all the rest, I got to say. You know, um, gotta now here's, the, to here's the thing about YouTube is you start watching one video and then you're like, ooh, you start watching one Jeff Goldblum interview and then you kind of start wanting to watch the rest of them. And what ends up happening well, is you go in a rabbit hole and while Jeff Goldblum is very entertaining, he's, he is certainly my favorite probably my favorite talk show guest, especially when he's on Conan. Um, you know, you're two, three hours into it, and you've realized you've just wasted three hours uh, watching Jeff Goldblum interviews, which is cool and fun, but I got some work to do, and I shouldn't be spending so much time doing that. Um, so it does lead you down these rabbit holes. Sometimes you go on these rabbit holes that have nothing to do with Jeff Goldblum. You, you might have started with Jeff Goldblum, but you end up watching something... Uh, you, you might know, watch some David Duchovny. No, or, but, or you might not... And they you, have kind of a similar You might even watch uh, some you know, homemade video that, you know, that uh, yes. for some reason or another is trending or, or not. And, but it's just you well, get on a, a true rabbit hole of things. You, know? sure, and you it's, get on it's, a true rabbit hole... I think that is one bad aspect, I mean, to YouTube. I mean, not YouTube, but the streaming lifestyle in general is you do, it's kind of this um, never-ending rabbit hole of short clips, you know, relatively short clips. I will say, though, I, I kind of felt the same way when I was watching TV all the time. You know, I did go, I started, but you don't have this rabbit hole appeal because on the sidebar... You just see suggestions for other videos, you know? So yeah, that's but a different I will say watching TV, or especially watching TV shows on, on streaming sites, like Hulu you're like, or Netflix, like your favorite TV shows like Seinfeld or Frasier, you do have every episode at your fingertips. And so in that in of itself can allow you to waste a bunch of time watching shows that you've seen over and over again already in the past. And... You know, but you're just like, oh, I mean, oh, let's just watch one more episode or something like that. I well, mean, I will that's, say that's though, those are idea. good shows. Though those are great shows, but I mean, I guess that's the whole negative aspect of of uh, you streaming know, of streaming, but also these uh, binge watching in general. And we've talked about binge watching before uh, on an episode of Splitting Hairs, but you know, that's the negative aspect of binge watching is that you can just waste so much time doing it, you know? And that that's the problem with these streaming sites is you have everything, uh, you have access to everything. And with television, you had to wait each week to get access to the next episode of, of something, you know? Or and or if if you missed something, you didn't see it until maybe the summertime when it was going to reruns, Didn't we talk reruns, about this you know? already in another episode? Well, we did binge watching, but... Oh, um, right. Yeah, and so, you know, and then when the show was done on Netflix that you've binged watched the whole way through, then you're left with the emptiness and the void. But I will say YouTube is really cool. And Whereas, what's, what's cool about YouTube that is different from those other streaming sites is that it's not just TV shows. It's not just movies. It's um, HBO. And, no, and that kidding. that is something about uh, uh, these streaming sites is my attention span has gone down for even watching a full-length movie. I mean, I don't ever... I rarely stream movies on the internet anymore. It's always TV shows because it's so... It's easy gratification, you know? It's it's not as long. Even though sometimes you be may, you may spend hours on end watching one particular TV show, but it's not the same as watching a movie because you're already in the thick of the story. You know, you're already in the thick of it. And watching, I, I suppose always watch, well, here's the difference between like watching a clip on YouTube of a movie. Uh, right. You, you kind of have this, when you want to watch, if you're like, oh, I want to see this clip from Back to the, Back to the Future, you're not going to automatically decide, oh, let me just watch Back to the Future. There's a certain readiness you have to have to, to want to engage the whole movie, and you're like, all right, let's get into it. But if you were like flipping through channels on a TV and you happen to come on Back to the Future, you might actually, because the clip isn't just going to be finished, you might actually just engage with the rest of the movie at that point, you know, because it is a good movie. Um, so that's another difference there, you know. 
Um, I will say though, YouTube. What what is different about about YouTube than the other streaming services is that it does offer you not just TV and movies. It offers you music um, and any you can music videos, music music videos, interviews, and home movies. Uh, it's fun watching interviews. Videos it's, made by other people. It's fun. It's fun watch. It's fun. You know, so a lot of your favorite podcasts uh, are streamed on YouTube, like. You know, WTF, I don't even go to the actual WTF website with my, you know, the Mark Maron podcast. I get all, I listen to all his episodes on YouTube. It's easier that way. You know, I don't have to download anything. I could just stream it on YouTube. Um, you know, I mean, you do have to face the ads sometimes, which is annoying. But, uh, you know, if you have YouTube Red, you don't have to do that. And I am currently on a free trial of YouTube Red. You are? You didn't cancel it? I did, but it still stays for a month, the free trial. Wait, wait. I, I, it hasn't been a month yet? No. Um, the reason I got YouTube Red, by the way, is to watch Cobra to Kai. To watch the new series, Cobra Kai, which we talked about in our last episode. Um, and that's something that YouTube has. And that is that is was a strong... Uh, Strong uh, acquisition for for YouTube to to get their YouTube Red going. Yeah, and you know what? It's I think it's only going to grow from there. YouTube because they saw how successful Cobra Kai was, and it is a good show. Um, well, it's kind of a thing that you know Netflix was doing, you know, or has been doing was you know grasping these get and in addition to their original programming, they've been getting a hold of these programs. Uh, that have a nostalgic value for people. So it is original programming, but they've also acquired, you know, programs that are devoted to these niche markets of people that were had in a relationship with uh, a program that was on TV from the past, and this is a, a revamped version or something like like Fuller House or or uh, you know some other ones, you know, Gilmore Girls, right? Um, but uh, YouTube, it's it's interesting because I th I don't think there's any day I don't use YouTube actually. Like I use YouTube pretty much every day, um, which is saying something about the ubiquity of that of of that website. You know, it's it's like using Google for me. You know, I I use Google and YouTube every day. I can't say that about any other website. You know, and Google I mean like Gmail. I mean. Well, Google it, owns YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Google, so Google in general. Yeah. Google has a stronghold on the internet. It's just it kind of crazy. Is, I mean, I use Google products every day, and but it's unavoidable. I have to use my email every day. I use YouTube every day. You have to use, I mean, pretty much Google every day. To, you know, that's the main search engine that everybody uses. Um, and, I mean, you know, you don't have to have Gmail, or but seen, it just does seem to be the email that people have nowadays. You know? And... Um, and it's interesting because I don't use I like I don't use Netflix or Hulu every day because uh, and why is that is because YouTube does offer you that immediate uh, gratification but also that short term immediate gratification it's you don't have to invest much time into watching you don't have a video. to sign in either you have to, to sign in it. to watch a video that's another thing you don't have to sign in. Um, it's just really easy to use. Um, so, but what is that saying is, I mean, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because YouTube, you'd go on these rabbit holes and you can spend so much time on meaningless videos on YouTube. And I'm talking meaningless videos. You and know? you forgot about enjoying your real, real life. But, or you've forgotten to enjoy actually things that were, you know, produced with, any sort of amount of creativity or, you know, well, any, any I, work putting no, it. That's not true. There's a lot on YouTube that has, but that's what's cool about it. It has everything. No, but uh, it has everything. But what I'm saying is you could go down these rabbit holes where you watch videos that are, you know, they're home videos, you know, or there's... Just, I know, but you could go down a rabbit hole where you're watching some really you great could, artistic I know, but that's the thing is you have these options and a lot of times, for me at least... I will go down on rabbit holes of watching interviews on late night shows. You know, that's what I do. And sometimes those are good. Sometimes what's the point of doing it? And 
I, I will say, though, I do get... Here's another good thing about YouTube. You can find any news story that's breaking can be found on YouTube. You don't have to go to the CNN website. You can go on YouTube. And, and it's interesting that any uh, platform or any um, television channel has their own channel on YouTube um, in addition to their own websites. And their own websites are not as user-friendly as YouTube. And so I'm not even just talking about these late-night shows, but I'm talking like CNN and MSNBC. You know, you can just go on their YouTube channels and watch what your latest news updates. And so that's how I get a lot of my news. And in that sense, I've been able to keep up to date for the most part and stay informed with what's going on in the world right now um, because of YouTube. And because I don't, I don't actively go try to read the New York Times every day. Um, or, I mean, I do go on Yahoo every day and I read the headlines there or the articles there, but sometimes those are not the most important uh, events that are going on in the day. I mean, usually they'll highlight them, but uh, yeah. Okay, in any event, what else about YouTube? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about it? Um, I don't know. I guess not. I mean, maybe this is a shorter topic than I thought it would be. Well, uh, is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, I guess YouTube is... Well, what is cool also about YouTube is because every, you see other people's content that that follows that you're able to put up your own content, which is Oh, really we forgot great. to talk about that. Uh, YouTube that... has offered a way for people to get famous that no that that didn't exist before YouTube, you know. Right. In other words, well obviously you have your YouTube stars. These are people that really engage with YouTube a lot. There are these people that engage a lot with YouTube. But and they become YouTube famous. So in other words, they're not famous outside of anywhere else, and they become. But also, but they make some, a living doing that. But and they make a, a really good living on doing it. Chris Paul made a, a. He's made. I know he has a lot of controversy going on in in his life right now because of a YouTube post that he made, um, or was it a Vine thing or something? I don't know. But in any event, he became. Uh, he's one of. The, was he? Did he become big off of YouTube or Vine or? Is that I, the same thing? I, I, is there? Is that no? That's not the same thing, Max. And it's not. I know I it's not the same thing, but I don't think Vine really. Uh, people don't use Vine anymore. No, actually. I know, but you could. They, Vines are still on YouTube. You know this idea of like short clips that make. You know, you could do a funny little thing in there. You know, in any event, uh, YouTube has made stars out of a lot of people, and. Not but just not just YouTube that, stars, not just YouTube stars, stars, but you actually there are people that have become big, bigger than just YouTube. They've they've gotten TV series because of or, it. Or you know, my crazy my crazy ex girlfriend. You know, my, that, my musicians are are discovered on YouTube, uh, like that Charlie Puth. Well, guy. I, the first people that made use of YouTube it was one of the most popular videos. So uh, oh, first, because okay on YouTube go. actually is OK Go. That's the prime example of and, how YouTube made people stars. Uh, and so it makes you get into this mindset if you are a creator and you create videos that, you what don't can I do? What, 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 no, Max, please let me finish my thought. It makes you get into this uh, mindset like, I need to create a viral video and it's going to be make, make me famous potentially. And I, I've been in that my, mindset too. Maybe that's a bad thing. Though. Maybe it's a bad thing, but maybe it makes you strive to make something really great, I guess, you know? That's and a that's a thing. good thing, you know? And so... Well, but here's the bad thing is sometimes people will put videos out there that they might think will go viral but may not necessarily be in good taste. Well, I, I do think it's important to maintain uh, good integ or integrity in general. Uh, but I will say it does make you think moral integrity. Okay, it does make you think well why did this video go viral and why didn't mine maybe there was something that you need to do better in your video sometimes sometimes it is just a stroke of luck just like anything else or maybe it's sometimes you don't understand why something catches on right sometimes it's just certain things catch on for some reason or other again sometimes there is a YouTube community of people that like others videos that in hopes that they'll like your videos, and it's a big thing, you know? I mean, that, but, that's related to Instagram and, and Twitter as well, where you're like, oh, if I follow this person, they'll follow me. Follow me and uh, Well, anyway, that's and just same a, thing with Facebook. That's a whole other culture that 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, a, a very healthy culture, actually. But what's cool um, about YouTube is... But it is cool in the sense that... Uh, if you're a creator, you have you your kinda, own channel and people can subscribe to you. And when they subscribe to you, they'll see the next time you make a video and they'll be more likely to watch it at that point, you know, right. and it, share it, it with their friends. It's What's cool about YouTube and is that you don't need a big producer or a production company or... Uh, you know, you don't need anything behind you backing you. Don't need you. to be on TV. You don't need you don't need any money backing you to put something up on YouTube. You know, whereas before with just television, you needed you needed these production companies. You needed you needed a network. You needed something backing you that had money to put that stuff on YouTube TV. Now you have the you have the power to do stuff yourself, and that goes with all technology nowadays too. You can. You can release your own music without a record company now. But I think know? that's the really. I think that's ultimately, cool. uh, when it comes down to it, is YouTube is a great thing. Aside from the negative aspects of it, it has really created a different market for entertainers, um, any kind of entertainers, you know. And it's come. It's created a market for consumers that want something else, you know, or want something more immediately. And these well, uh, these created- entertainers can can give the, that to their fans well, it's not uh, just, in an easier way, you know? It's not just created a market. It's become the market, actually, in a way. I mean, as you said, look, I don't own a TV in my home, actually. I mean, we watch... I mean, we have a projector, but again, for entertainment, we're m- more often than not, uh, unless it's a series that I've been following, I'm watching YouTube. Um, again, there are sp- specific ones, but... Others like Game of Thrones, you got to go on HBO to watch that, which I will always do. But uh, until the series is over, even afterwards, probably, and and other series. But uh, I think this is why you see network televisions thinking we need to, and a big part of the streaming culture is attributed to uh, YouTube's popularity. I think YouTube was one of the first to really be, start doing well, streaming. Things, I, I will you say, know? Ebom's World did it be first. Before no, no, that, they did, before, but, again, but they didn't make it as user friendly as YouTube. That again, was the thing. You know? I, again, that's it's, what I'm it's, saying. Ebom's World was like the my like my how, is MySpace to Facebook. Actually, well, you that's know? why I said again. That's why I said one of the first. I mean, and it's funny because I remember when YouTube first became popular. I remember when it was first acquired by Google. It was our freshman year of college. I remember reading the article in uh, I can't remember. I think in the New York Times. I was. Uh, it was 2006. We had just. It was just a couple months into our first year of college, and and I had used YouTube a little bit before that, but just within that year, it became so massive. You know, I actually think OK Go had not only benefited from it, but they also contributed to the popularity of that, that of that streaming. Well, stuff. not only that, uh, but Charlie bit my finger. Things like this, you know. But again, um, double uh, rainbow. Eventually, later on, um, these things kind of really made YouTube more popular because it really showed that anybody could put up their own videos and and something would become popular. Well, and not only that, you can interact with videos too. That's another cool aspect of of YouTube. You can, you know, people will say, hey, like, uh, if you like this part of the video, click on this. And then, you know, there's an, there's an interaction with what's going on in the, in the video and, and the, the user. Not just that though. I mean, there's, that's something that actually a lot of streaming sites don't have, other streaming sites don't have. Okay. But also the technology has gotten so, uh, much better over the course of the years that you can literally interact with it in a way more than just like you know clicking on saying I'll oh, click here and I'll take you another video. There's there's other things like I remember when the Expendables uh, Part Two came out and they had a big ad campaign and just what they were doing on YouTube their ad campaign on YouTube was really cool and it was like this very cool interactive uh, really like thing. what what was going I on? can't remember but if you clicked on something. Like, like it, like rocks would fall down. Like, it, it, it would like kind of take over the whole screen of uh, that, uh, uh, or the tab that the that the window that you're using on on, on Google. But you still have to click on, on something, on your, obviously. I mean, yeah, no, but uh, but it was just a cool way. You know, you didn't. It wasn't just like, oh, take me to the next video. It was like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like uh, there's a 
uh, choose your own adventure quality to it, right. which is kind of cool, you know? Choose your own adventure kind of quality. Um, and it's... Yeah, I mean... Uh, that must be what the key... Maybe YouTube people in the beginning had a very... Maybe loved choose your own adventure kind of a thing, you know? I mean, you kind of are doing that in a weird way when you're on YouTube by clicking... Just by mere, merely clicking on a video... You're actually choosing a different adventure, you know? What's interesting to me is when we were in high school, YouTube was not a thing, you know? Like... I know. But it became a thing when we were in college. And, like, it was... It's just interesting to think about a time before YouTube, you know? Because there was a time before YouTube. It's uh, an interesting thing to think that... uh, I mean, really, what's happened in the last 20 years with the technology is really... Quite extra in the last ten years, I should say, is quite extra. The last ten years, um, I'm I sorry, mean, ten, obviously 15, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 years 20 with the internet uh, becoming kind of the thing to you do. You know, I mean, even when Brent was in college, uh, Brent's our older brother, by the way. If you didn't already know that, he didn't even really use email inter- that much. Email that much. Um, you know, he had a computer, but or a laptop, but you know, to write out papers, I guess. But even before him, you know, like computers weren't even used to write out papers, you know, or if they were, you had to use the one school computer or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's a very interesting thing, you know, how we evolve, you know, in, in the technological world. And well, but YouTube, we're, we're evolving tech, we're evolving at a much faster rate than ever before, you know. Right. And I mean, technologically, it's, it's, it's websites say. like YouTube that have caused or and allowed uh, us as a society to want to uh, move technologically at a faster rate, I guess. Well, I think when somebody sees something that has such groundbreaking appeal and, and, uh, and effects on, on, on society, I think other companies and other things start to think, okay, what can we do to be groundbreaking in this sense? And I think it, it kind of is... Uh, Creates a, a, a mach- an innovative machine, I suppose. You know? I, I want to say one last thing about YouTube is um, you can watch, as we said before, you can watch anything you want. And that goes for clips of old old movies or, or dug up old uh, film film reels or, or, or television specials. You that, can discover... That, that, were, that, that would be without YouTube would have been... In the impossible a- a- annals of history, basically, right? And I was. It in, would, I'm able it to. Would, w- it would like. I've watched because of YouTube. I watched some really obscure performances of Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, doing his whole thing, including tap dancing, and it. I've I've been able to grow a stronger appreciation for Sammy Davis Jr. as a as a performer because of YouTube. Right. It, I've, it, I it's actually think he's the greatest performer of all time, probably. But um, it it's. Uh, some people think, oh, it, it's 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 creating a a bad, it's taking culture away from our society. But I think it's actually adding expanding a lot, expanding it. our culture. I mean, be, I'm more cultured for that reason. I've discovered a lot more musicians than I would have ever imagined. I could Sometimes prior we, to that. you know, our dad is a big jazz aficionado, and because of YouTube. And Wikipedia, he's um, discovered I, himself he's discovered, musicians that he never knew about before, and, and we'll also we've been able to teach him things about uh, musicians that he he knew, but we've been able to teach him more about him or t- teach him things Maybe that, that he didn't know about about, he, about jazz musicians, musicians that, that he didn't, didn't know, know or about. about jazz that he didn't know before, and we'll bring some uh, jazz that seemingly was a standard in the forties. Uh, to his attention, he's, he'll be like, wow, I've never heard this version of this song or I've never even heard this song before and it's really great. Well, and he's it, like, to think my own sons are teaching me about this music that was popular when I was a kid. You know? Right, and because of that, it's all because of YouTube that's allowed us to do that. Um, you know, I guess before the way people would have done it is, you know, they'd go to music and they go to record stores and stuff like that. But sometimes these record stores don't, some things are out of print, you know what I mean? It's, it's, and there's videos you could see of these things. Just you know the fact I mean? that there's videos of, of old performances uh, yeah. is really I mean, cool. sometimes when we go to our dad's house, he'll just have us sit down and watch videos on end of like jitterbug dancing or something like that, which is cool, but which I mean, cool, come, but on, it's sometimes like, okay, come on, sometimes, much to a chagrin, it's like, come on, let's get on to the next thing here. Um, um, 
But it's it's you're right. I think that's the greatest thing about YouTube is it's expanded our knowledge and our culture, um, and and has allowed us to um, appreciate more appreciate things. more more things in general. You know that have come before us and are current. Now, again, there are some negative aspects, which is our attention spans are shortened. Uh, we, because we get into these rabbit holes, we're not experiencing the outside world as much, maybe. Uh, part of it is maybe we're... Uh, and there's a lot of crap on YouTube, too. Sure. Anyone can upload stuff, and so people are... Wa- in, in a sense, maybe their culture is getting uh, worse because you're, they're watching no, a lot of this ultimately, crap. Ultimately, I know? think it's a good thing. But ultimately, and I think it's a good... It, I'm not and, saying... There are negative aspects like anything else... But, but I ultimately, think ultimately, YouTube is a great, great thing, thing. Yeah. and in in general, I think it's inspiring. Actually, it and it has inspired me to want to create more uh, content that is just content in general. Yeah, content in general. So YouTube is is a great thing overall. I think. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time. <laughs>